What up, Dankertarian land? I'm Matt Crum. I'm here with Bo Brown. What's going on? What's going on, guys? Just got back from Michigan. Excited to get back to work. How was, uh, how was it? Michigan was a lot of fun. Got to, got to meet the Catulist for the first time in person. He's just as fucking cool as I had imagined. Loved hanging out with him. Big shout out. Did he trigger really you me. at all? No, he didn't trigger me at all. But, you know, I, I don't take things personally, Matt. <laughs> you know, we had a lot of really good debates, though. We had a lot of really good discussions. Good. Uh, got to be there in the uh, Libertarian Party of Michigan convention. Going to have some cool content coming from that. Excited about it. Glad to see you uh, and Matt there at the uh, making, House making of your Dank. marks up there. It's good. House of Dank, dude. It was yeah, great. That's sick. Um, we, uh, oh, big shout out. Real quick. Oh. Big shout out to, uh, to Catherine Smith. Got to meet her for the first time. And Catherine... You are fucking awesome. You are the the coolest person and the the most cheerful person I've I think I've ever met. You were fucking awesome. I'm really stoked I got to meet you. I'm excited to come back up to Michigan uh, and get to meet you again. Fantastic. So so we we had essentially set up this uh, this interview with Marcos Morales. Um, of he's the party chair in Florida, and. Uh, this has gotten started from a, a previous podcast that we had with Paul Stanton. It was in episode three, and uh, there was a few, few pieces about Ryan Ramsey and some white nationalism and some white supremacy that was going on in that conversation. And I think, you know, Ryan's camp and 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 Marcos both were like, "Hey, hey, like we want to be able to have our voice out there uh, and and take on some of these accusations." Uh, there seemed to be in a little little bit of a, a tiff, a little beef uh, going on between uh, Marcos and uh, and Paul, and uh, a big beef, I think, uh, a long-standing beef probably uh, with Ryan and Paul. Uh, well, Ramsey actually emailed us like hours after we posted the podcast, and he, like I said, he did email us, and he has committed to coming on. We we are excited to get him on and talk talk with him and get his side of the story, um, and. It was incredible that he emailed me so quick because I, you know, we'd intended to reach out to him like, hey, you want to respond? But it was quick. So he, he caught that with a quickness. So what did what did you think of the conversation with Marcos? I think it was a good conversation. Um, Marcos is a really likable guy. He's he's very charismatic. He is clearly ambitious. He has he's a he's really good at organizational principles and empowering others. He's a good leader, um, but I think his leadership style uh, has unique vulnerabilities. Uh, he is a he is a salesman, um, and I mean this in the, the the Judd Weiss way of thinking, right? With his podcast with Tom Woods, and he is concerned with growth, and that is first and foremost on his mind. And I think that leaves him open to negative growth, to toxic growth. Now, having said that, I. I don't know if that's what Ramsey is doing. I don't. I do know, however, that there are some very serious charges of white nationalism against Ryan Ramsey. And I think that Marcos Morales is kind of ignoring those claims and is being very dismissive of a lot of the the personal stories of Libertarian Party of Florida, Florida members who have left because of what they, you know, their claims against Ryan Ramsey and his sort of faction. Um, and I think Marcos Morales is not giving it the attention it deserves. And I think that's the reason for that is because Ramsey is so good at accomplishing the goal of growing the party. 
Yeah, I mean, and and I, I think it's it is interesting, you know, Marco's stance. I think, I mean, uh, he he talks about in the in the podcast is, you know, he's a Cuban American. He's been supported by Ryan Ramsey uh, and some of these folks that are you know being claimed to be racist and and white supremacists and white nationalists. Um, and, and and I think that he's been charged to be those things. Like uh, maybe maybe did I. I'm not sure if I'm throwing in an extra term there. No, I mean he's he, he's absolutely been charged with those things. My question to you though is, does that argument hold water for you? Um, I, it depends on which one of those words that you're saying. Maybe um, and, just and, the and, fact and, that and what you mean by that, like I think I, you know, if your personal experiences with somebody is. Whenever you're saying there's a rift between people of race and you're dealing with that person and you are of different race, I think your personal perception is going to be a certain way. You know, you're you're going to feel a certain way about that. And that's going to be the lens that you look out of. Um, and, and that's what I think is going on with Marcos. Uh, and I think Paul has a different lens that he's using right now. Do you think that? A white nationalist, or someone who's charged with being I a just white dodged nationalist. that question, didn't I? I didn't actually you, answer your question. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I didn't ask it very well. Um, do you think that someone who's charged with being a, a white nationalist, that working with other races, is a, a, you know an argument for them not being a white nationalist? No, I'm no. not sure. I mean, I, I think that you can. I think that people would feel confident in. Uh, you know, if I was working, if I if I was had a working relationship with somebody, and I, I would feel a little bit more comfortable in vouching for them. You know, if if they treated me well, and sure. from from what I understand from Marcos, you know, is that they've had. I mean, they they obviously don't agree on everything. That's clear, uh, but they've had a good working relationship or an okay. I don't know if good is fair, but it's it's not. Tense. Well, they've had success. I mean, yeah. they, Marcos makes a point in the podcast where you know he looks at the numbers, and he's a numbers guy, so he he can fall back onto that. Um, and that's I don't know you, and you speak for yourself. Do you you prioritize the the white nationalism charge over just the chart over just the the assertion that Ramsey makes that he is in fact a constitutional nationalist? I mean, I think both are problematic, uh, but I think that. You know, I I am concerned about. I'm just going to wait for the the social justice warrior cut comments. To yeah. Go ahead and get your fingers ready. <coughs> uh, but you know, I, I I am concerned about the acceptance of bigotry uh, in the Libertarian Party, um, and and I have an internal conflict. Uh, you know, and and I have you know I I have dialogue about that. Is that you know. Should we allow people to be bigots in leadership? These are questions that come up. You know, as a libertarian, you can do whatever you want without hurting someone else. But as a libertarian party, if you're in leadership of a party, you know, and maybe you, you espouse the right policies, but you're, you're a bigot at the end of the day, but you're just not going to violate the NAP, um, mm -hmm. is that acceptable? You know, and these are the, some of the questions that I have and that I keep raising. Because I think that they're important. I think we keep glossing over them because of our republicanian uh, movement that's been coming into to, to the party, and you know, and, and everyone else is going to say, "Oh, 
you know, no, you're just part of the left moving in, right. you know, but uh, that's a different conversation. Well, I mean, you know, as a left libertarian, the the reason that I kind of prioritize the nationalism part over the whatever ethno-nationalism part is that white nationalism is going to be really difficult to prove, right? It's going to be very difficult. Now, one can have intuitions, one can have a body of evidence, but it is unlikely in the extreme that someone who wants to achieve uh, success in persuading a majority of people is going to claim white nationalism. That's, that's going to be really, that's going to be, that's a difficult discussion to have. However, the nationalism part, I think, is pretty clear. It seems very clear to me that there's no space for nationalism within the Libertarian Party. As it's defined, I, I'm pretty sure it's, it, it's Max Weaver that defined it as a government monopoly on justified force. If, that's, if that is an antithetical to the Libertarian Party principles, I don't know what the fuck is. And, and, but I, I guess the, the thing that would be interesting to, to explore there is, is if you are a nationalist, are you intrinsically um, a white nationalist, depending on how you're defining it, in America? Um, so we are a white country. You want to hold our values. Our values are European values. That's what you're espousing, you know. Yeah. And if you claim nationalism, you want to preserve our culture. What culture is that that you're wanting to preserve, you know? Um, and and that that's another that's another thing that I think is interesting to explore. I don't know, man. Like that that question's hard for me to to. It's difficult for me to contemplate because it's not. I'm not that culturally bright like I don't I don't know there's there's there are far more questions than answers when I contemplate those sorts of notions but when it comes to just what words mean right if you know nationalism has these attendant policies libertarian party and the our statement of principles has these attendant policy uh, outcomes and the consequences of nationalism is no different from white nationalism the consequences of nationalism in and of them, themselves are going to be no different with ethno-nationalism of, of any stripe. That's why I think it's more important to talk about just the nationalism part, because like, that's something we can define and say, if you're this, we don't have any policies for you. Come in and vote for us, sure, but we're going to disagree all the time because of the policies we take. And Marcos Morales, I think it was interesting. He he rejected nationalism. He said he was a globalist. And I thought that was really important. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had, some, he, had, he had a lot of interesting things that I think would be great to, uh, uh, to hear in some context. But he, he shot a little fire at uh, Augustus Invictus. He did. Um, he, had, he, did. he had some good comments in there. So I can't wait to let people hear. And... Uh, make your own decisions and love to hear your thoughts in the comments um love to hear your hate uh definitely love to hear some nice comments too um uh, and uh, uh feel free to feel free to uh donate to our patreon account um if you're if you want to support us and and doing some of the things that we're doing uh bo is just out in michigan uh at at that uh what the state convention yes talk about that for a minute yeah, I mean, the state convention was great. Um, I think that is going to be a lot of fun to produce some of the content from that. I also think it is going to be really interesting because that's kind of where we're moving with Dankertarians, is covering 
these state parties and find, you know, figuring out what's going on in the Libertarian Party and the Liberty Movement at that grassroots level, you know, at that as local a level as we possibly can. And that means we're going to other states. So if you like that content, if you like what you're, you know, what we're putting out, it would be awesome. You know, just a dollar a month at patreon.com backslash Dacretarians, you can help us. And I know that we are your favorite degenerates. Uh, so help us fund these liber- libertine lifestyles. It would be awesome. And Patreon.com backslash Dankertarians. We'd appreciate the support. Yeah, and if you hate us and you enjoy hating, you can still fund us. Yeah, it would be awesome. Yeah, it would be fantastic. So, like, If you love our content, let us know. If you, if you hate our content, let us know because that's the only way we're going to be able to you know, say fuck you in the best way we possibly can. Yeah, and uh, and if someone could, if anyone knows how to get into that uh, that that Soros funding, that would be great. Let us know. Uh, we won't ask for any more donations after that. So, um, yeah, Coke money isn't coming either. That's why, in fact, I'm a left libertarian now. The Cokes never never made good on their promises. A little disappointing. I've tried to go to those rallies and didn't get a paycheck. Not a cent. All right, guys. Well, enjoy. Thank you so much, guys. Peace. Cheers. Uh, so, uh, just jumping right in, speaking today with Mr. Marcos Morales. Now, you were elected the chair, Libertarian Party of Florida, on May 6th. Is that correct? Got that day right? I believe so, yeah. Okay, right on. Um, talk to us a little bit about what your platform was, what it is you ran on to get elected uh, for the chair. Uh, it was multiple things. Mainly was to capitalize on everything that the Libertarian Party has been working on so far um, and really bringing a results-based system and integrating it into the Libertarian Party of Florida. Back when I was vice chairman down in Miami-Dade County, uh, I was able to get five Libertarians elected into community development districts, into council boards, things like that. Uh, these people are now in charge of hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of people that they represent. And I thought that we needed that sort of representation within the state. So we, um, we started campaigning statewide. I traveled, to, I traveled throughout the state, meeting people, shaking hands, kissing babies. And ultimately, the voters trusted me in, in representing the Libertarian Party as their spokesperson. Right on. So your focus then is on outreach for candidates specifically. You're you're looking at electoral success. Not necessarily. It, it, the chair is is a position that uh, has so many things to it. So my forte is candidates. I am able to recruit candidates as I've done here in Miami Dade County. Um, but there's so many other things to it. You know, a, a big thing about it is changing the image of what the Libertarian Party is. A lot of people they hear the Libertarian Party and and they think that we're heartless. And that we don't care about anybody because we want to limit government, where, on the contrary, we care about people so much that we want to limit government. So something that I wanted to do statewide, which uh, August 13th, I'll be traveling up to Tampa to work on a homeless shelter that's happening over there, is um, really focusing on those that you can work with, uh, setting differences aside, showing that you can get things done without the need of government. and. 
showing that the libertarian solution is the best one to the problems that we're facing now in the state of Florida. So are you are you partnering with other other nonprofits and stuff like that? Uh, is right. That what you're, okay, that's awesome. Right. So so we're encouraging those things. Uh, we want to create some sort of educational system. So I've done photography for. Uh, big name companies, Victoria's Secret, Miss Universe, Ronald McDonald House Charities, things like that. So I'm going over there with my camera to record all of this just to create a blueprint for others who wish to do the same so we could engage our community and, and you know, become leaders within it. Ultimately, we, we want to have libertarians represent others, but it's pretty crazy for me to think that we're going to do that by having a libertarian president or a libertarian governor. On the contrary, we have to start from the bottom up. You know, you have to create leaders and then those people will impact uh, their community. Exactly. I think like one of those things that was interesting was like, I mean, we always preach volunteerism, but how much are we doing? You know, and, you know, we need to be a role model for that and, and, and just actually start practicing what we preach. Absolutely. You spoke a bit about um, the the perception of the Libertarian Party and the way that we're uh, we're seen by non-libertarians. Um, that I think leads into a lot of the questions that that I had, particularly regarding the Libertarian Party of Florida, right? So you you kind of reached out to us uh, along with Ryan Ramsey after we did an interview with Paul Stanton, and Paul Stanton made a lot of claims and some charges that I I know you want to respond to. Um, one of those charges is that the Libertarian Party of Florida is being infiltrated by white supremacists, is being infiltrated um, also by nationalists. Um, if you could, you speak to that for just a minute. For sure, um, they elected a Cuban American as chairman of the Libertarian Party of Florida. Okay, where is the white nationalism? Where is that? They so Paul Stanton beat Augustus Invictus seventy-six percent to twenty-four percent. Where's the white nationalism? Uh, to me, it's it's an effort. Well, to um, well, one might argue that it's the twenty-four percent that voted for Augustus Invictus. For multiple reasons. You can't just claim that exactly that 24% will be for white nationalism or whatever it is. I mean, it's irrelevant to me. That race does not exist. And either one of them that would have won uh, would have been destroyed in a debate by Marco Rubio and Patrick Murphy. Uh, I don't think that they were strong candidates. I actually told them both that they made my job as vice chairman down in Miami as a spokesperson, as a person who speaks to hundreds of thousands of people weekly in English and Spanish media. They made my job a lot harder uh, than what it could have been to present the ideas of liberty. And I said that to Paul and I voted for Paul. I tell Paul I voted for you, uh, but I don't I didn't necessarily see him as as the best candidate, in my opinion, or Augustus. I don't see them as leaders. I don't. Uh, Paul in this moment is in a position of power, uh, but not in a leadership position. Anybody could have that. Uh, a leader brings people together. A leader makes sure that people put their differences aside and join hands on our responsibilities of limiting government and maximizing our liberties, which is what we've been doing. In this last two months, uh, we've recruited 27 candidates to run for local boards, uh, which is unheard of in any other state. Since 2002, they didn't have these numbers in such a short span of time. Uh, we've incorporated other areas of Florida into the Libertarian Party of Florida as well. Uh, we're creating massive outreach on media and, and so many other things. So in my honest opinion, it is just a distraction. It's, uh, it's not a full representation of the people that are in the Libertarian Party of Florida. And I think it's very disrespectful for him to be saying those things when there are so many great people putting their time, their money, their effort into us. 
simply for personal reasons. And I'll tell you why it is personal. Ryan Ramsey and Paul Santin were people that never got along. Uh, I know that Ryan tried to bury the hatchet with him in some, some way. Um, but like I told you before, just like I'll shake hands with Paul, I'll shake hands with Ryan. I respect uh, individuals for their ability of creating results and my same goal of maximizing our liberties. Um, but it, just, to, just to clarify a little bit, to show you guys it is something personal, do you guys know the name of the campaign manager of Augustus Invictus' campaign? Uh, Raquel? Raquel Okie. So okay. Raquel Okie was Augustus's campaign manager. Augustus uh, and Raquel stopped speaking at the moment. But Raquel Okie and Paul Stanton are working hand-in-hand hand for a candidate uh, for Senate of Florida at the moment. So what this shows me, and as I've spoken to many people about this, both within the Libertarian Party and out of it, is that in politics, there are no friends and there are no enemies. In politics, there are just tools, tools to advance personal agendas. Whatever Paul's personal agenda is, is not my concern. Whatever Augustus's personal agenda was, is not my concern. My concern at the moment as spokesperson of the Libertarian Party and as a leader, which I was elected to run this organization, is to focus on the candidates that we're running, to focus on the events, the city council races that are happening, things that are happening within our community that we could actually have an impact on instead of libertarians debating who's more libertarian. That's nonsense to me. But I do think there's a, there's a, a difference between debating whether or not one is more libertarian than the next individual. I'd run them both. I'd run them both for city council or mayor, or whatever it is. Those two that are debating who's more libertarian are a hell of a lot more libertarian than any Republican or Democrat that's in the race. And I would prefer them to represent me over any of the other parties. Sure, yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't seem to be, at least from what I've read from the emails, that doesn't seem to be Paul's claim. Paul's claim isn't one of libertarianism. And, and Ramsey's counterclaim isn't one of libertarianism either. It's a claim of on from Ramsey's side at least uh, that Paul is a communist and from Paul's side that Ryan Ramsey is a words, words they're just words focus on results what results have either one of them brought in uh, and that's where I base my um, ability to lead I've so my current job I'm, I'm the cluster sales manager for two Marriott properties over here in South Florida mm. I focus on results I'm a numbers guy Okay, I, I see people and what they're capable of doing and back to being tools. You have to see people for their abilities and what they can accomplish. I am not here to look at, I don't have the time to look at anybody's personal life. and to, I'm not going to go into your Facebook and I'm not going to see every article you've ever written and I'm not going to watch every video you've ever made just to decide if it's okay for me to possibly work with you. It'd be a waste of both of your time and my time. When we could focus on so many other things, that's that's the priority uh, and the message within the Libertarian Party that we're pushing now. And for these last two or three months, uh, what this is is a transitional period. And like all transitions, some could be worse or better than others. Uh, and. I attempted to Stanton and went.
for what is essentially conduct of unbecoming. And and if I read the email already, you you believe that Robert's Rules of Order allowed you to do this, and then you were you were there was some clarification from your Absolutely. secretary, and yeah. and that was rescinded. But I do want to talk a little bit about the conduct unbecoming. I'm my words there, not not yours, but it seemed like the the general claim was that both Stanton and Went were engaging in conduct unbecoming of a leader. As, um, as for Went, we'll go with Went first. Uh, Went was somebody who harassed multiple people. Uh, Went was somebody who called the cops and called the hotel that we were having our last convention at to tell one of my supporters, I mean, in saying that one of my supporters, a volunteer for my campaign, was a terrorist. Um, they ended up removing this guy's reservation. They alerted the police department. After we ended up finding out, we called the hotel and we clarified everything. And Joe actually decided to resign from the convention committee. After it, if, if I was to win, he said he would resign. He did resign. But before I was able to accept it, he retracted his resignation. Uh, as for the convention committee, the convention committee clears out after I become chair. Uh, sure. So that's not necessarily a, a, a big issue. As for Stanton, as I've said before, my job is to be a spokesperson. Uh, I could be sitting here on this computer talking to you right now about so many other positive things that are going on within the state of Florida. But on the contrary, what ends up coming out and what makes us look worse as libertarians are claims from leaders within the party. Uh, but the, uh, these aren't leaders. These are just people in positions of power um, with personal agendas, really. Trying to stay relevant. There's nothing else to it. So, you, so is, is is Ryan a is is he a leader right now? In, in the he is Florida? considered. He is considered a part of the executive committee. He is a regional representative. He was voted um, to represent his area of Florida. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess one of the things that was interesting, and this is from an outsider, and I mean, this is. Florida is also is one of the few state parties that I hear things about nationally for whatever reasons, you know, from Invictus on, you know, I don't hear stuff coming out of other other uh, state parties. So, I mean, I guess right. uh, you could you could say, the, you know, no, understood, questions. understood. And, and that's where I said that both Invictus and Paul did a horrible job. Uh, PR wise for the Libertarian Party here in Florida, at least but when when chatting with with Ryan, um, I mean, one of the things that was strange to me, and, and again, this is from an outsider, but some of the links that he had had talking about Paul, trying to bring Paul down, was a little bit conspiracy theory-esque, uh, uh, to, to be pretty nice about it. Um, and uh, and Very generous, you to say it that yeah, way. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but... I mean, but on the on the point where you could you could consider it harassment as well, in my opinion, you know, and could that? I guess you you were talking before about uh, about folks uh, about harassment being some issues with Wentz. What's going on with with Ryan and how that's going, or is it fair game because both of them are taking shots at each other? Like, how's well, that? I'll say something. Uh, when you decide to run for office, for whatever office that is, whether it's uh, chairman of a political party or anything within a political party or anything within government, uh, you're opening yourself up to criticism, a lot of criticism that you might not have otherwise. If somebody was to say those things about a private individual, it'd be a lot different because these are public individuals. They represent people now. Um, so they open the lines of communication to much harder, um, much harder judgments. 
personally, I think it's childish, and and I said it multiple times. Um, when we focus more on insulting each other than the things we could work on together, then they're beating us without without even doing anything to us, kind of thing, you know. Uh, I think that our biggest hurdle right now is is working with each other. And back to your case. So we'll go to Ryan and, and Stanton. How do we libertarians believe that we're going to have an opportunity of becoming something greater, a senator, a, a congressman, a governor, and work with others? We're going to have to work with other political parties, yet we can't even work with ourselves. You're going to work with Republicans, at least in the, in the mindset that I have to push the Libertarian Party forward. When a libertarian becomes elected into a higher office, you're going to have to work with very controversial people. So you're going to let your ego get in front of your principles of liberty? That's the question I like to ask myself in, in regards to whether it's fighting somebody or whatever it is. Is it going to advance the cause of liberty? That's up to them to decide. I care none about it. I don't care about Paul's claims against Ryan. I don't care about Ryan's claims against Paul. I do care. I do care. Um when it becomes something else, when it starts involving other people and claiming that the work that we're doing within the party is for other purposes than, than what we're actually here for, that's when it upset me. I don't care about personal issues. I get called so many things so many times. Um, I care when people get in the way of what I, of the work that I'm doing within the party. I mean, would you, would you care if, if, you know, what some of Paul's, what Paul's saying would be true because to me as a leader you'd be representing your party essentially mm -hmm. you are a representation of that and and if you have some kind of and again this would be a claim I'm not saying it's true or not but if you if, if it's true exactly that it's it that you know Ryan Ramsey is ethno ethnocentric uh, or uh, and has 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 issues with that and and kind of on this white genocide stuff um, well, it's a little difficult for me to believe that uh, for lots of the work that he's done and also the fact that the guy endorsed me, okay, there was a white yeah, guy yeah. in the race too. Yeah. They could have endorsed the white guy sure. if that's the point. Uh, it, I don't I don't think it's it's a valid claim and like you said, it's a claim. It's it's an Somebody's accusing something. Uh, I can't remove uh, Ryan Ramsey and I can't remove Paul Stanton from the executive committee because they were voted in by the delegates. The delegates ultimately chose. Uh, I could try and quiet down things as much as I can uh, within the power of the chair. Um, but ultimately, I, I want to empower people. I don't want to take away power from people. If if they are doing a good job in, in advancing things that have brought us three together on this call, uh, then I don't have a problem with them. I don't care about their religion. I don't care about you know any of those personal things. That's completely on them. So... It does affect the way one does outreach, though, right? So, in what ways, you know, what are the uh, the arguments um, that you and that your the people that you work with are using to do the outreach to bring people into the Libertarian Party? You mentioned you had twenty seven new candidates. Absolutely. Um, what was it that brought them in? Was it what what were the policy positions of the Libertarian Party that brought them in? Well, everybody comes in for different reasons. I came into the Libertarian Party. In 2008, I was actually 13 years old watching Ron Paul campaigning and things like that. I used to debate my teachers. 2012, I, I campaigned a bit for Ron Paul slapping stickers as well throughout the school in my high school senior year. And then uh, 2013, a year after I ran for city council, I was the youngest person to do it. So I got motivated by what is Ron Paul, what was his foreign policy, what was that kind of thing. But what got me into the party was actually a form 
uh, created by Wes Benedict, the executive director of the National Party, which said, have you ever considered running for office or, or would you ever consider doing so? And from there is where I started getting introduced to the Libertarian Party of Miami-Dade. From there, the Libertarian Party of Florida and so on. Um, so outreach that we've done, what I do, I'm going to share my secret formula with you guys if you guys want to do it too. You find all the uh, all of the vacant positions throughout the state that you're in. So what ends up happening is um, over time, Republicans and Democrats have focused on larger races, you know, but in order for us to battle these multi-million dollar machines, we have to create a political party worthy to battle them. So what we do is that we find those vacant seats and then we see if we have any libertarians in that area. What we do then is that we write a letter or we find their phone number or an email or whatever it is and we reach out to them and then we ask them if they'd consider running for office. Um, in the state party, at least in the power that I have, I've made it so that the counties could decide if they like the candidate or if they don't like the candidate, they could ask for the kind of support that they want from the state of Florida. So if I recruit somebody who just so happens to be this crazy uh, lunatic that society does not agree with at the moment, the county would then have the ability to, to, to decide if they want to continue helping that candidate or not. So what we do is more of an outreach on, on finding candidates in those local areas, handing them to their affiliates and letting their affiliates grow them into leaders within their community. You know, how crazy is it to have one of these people become elected officials with a salary unopposed, with the ability to impact their community immediately. Imagine having one of these guys knocking on your door and saying, or these great women and, and knocking on your door and saying, hey, I'm a libertarian, I represent you, how can we work together? Or, hey, this is going on in your city. Those people then build rapport, those people then involve themselves within the community, and from there, that's where they'll go up a little more to city council, then they'll go to mayor, then they'll go to Congress, and so on, and, and the party will grow with them. So, so I uh, and I don't mean to, to belabor the same point. Um, I'm interested only because you talked about how you, you get interested in the drama when it starts affecting what it is that you're doing. And there's a lot of evidence showing that on both sides, right? There's, there's anecdotal evidence on both sides and some hard evidence, at least on one side, that people are leaving the Libertarian Party of Florida due specifically to um, these sorts of elements. One, the particular one is this white nationalist element. And then there are some anecdotal, uh, stories that I, I've seen just through the email chains and whatnot about, uh, Paul Stanton, people not joining because of Paul Stanton and his, and what they're calling his theatrics. Um, and I, I'm curious about that. You seem to take a very laissez-faire approach to this. And it, that strikes me as maybe a bit maybe a bit cavalier or, or, or maybe a bit, I, I don't mean to be insulting, but it, it strikes I me as maybe that. a bit a I'll bit, a bit honest. Yeah. yeah, it just strikes me as maybe playing a bit, mm -hmm. a bit fast and loose um, with 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 the outreach. Um, well, like I said previously, uh, I'm a sales manager for mm -hmm. two Marriott properties. I'm a numbers guy. Have you guys seen the numbers in the last uh, year? How many libertarians became registered? There, you're, you guys are coming up, and you're doing a good job. And I don't dispute that. And I don't think anyone does. What? What you're doing to grow the party on a on a just pure numbers raw numbers is great. 
The concern, I believe, is who it is that's coming into the Libertarian Party. The the sorts of individuals that are uh, that are coming in. I mean, do these individuals accept the non-aggression principle? Do they accept the statement of principles? And I mean, well, I'll, I'll challenge you on that. Um, yeah. What political party do you know? in the Department of Elections has a questionnaire to fill out whether they fill in with, with the party or not. I don't think any political party has that right now. You know, when somebody goes to register as a Republican or a Democrat, an Independent, Green Party, whatever it is, they could register regardless of their beliefs. Whether they're Libertarians or not, they could register as Libertarians. Uh, ultimately, I think that party registration going up is a, is a good sign for the Libertarian Party. I think uh, as much heat as Gary Johnson has gotten, he has done a good job in regards to uh, promoting somewhat what the libertarian message is and, and growing our numbers, at least here in the state of Florida. We, we, we sure. benefited from that, for sure. Um, I feel like this is a bit more of a magnifying glass at the moment. You know, this has been about two months uh, since my term as chair. I've been called a Nazi, I've been called a racist, I've been called a white supremacist, I've been called so many things that have nothing to do with who I am or my core value of what or what I believe in, uh, but it's a part of it. It's a part of it. And uh, for you guys, it makes sense to pick up on those things, uh, to talk about them, uh, but for people like me, it's, it's more of a distraction in the sense that there's so much work that's being done uh, besides the, the cricket therapy. Do, do you think that it's, um, do you think that it's being over overblown to to folks like us and the you know that niche libertarian media stuff nationally or is it being talked about a lot in florida as well um i spoke to nick sarwark and wes benedict about this and they started cracking up you know how many times do uh others get called so many names when they're in the spotlight you know it's always going to happen you're, you're setting yourself up for scrutiny um is it a big deal? No. Back to the numbers. You know, the numbers don't lie. We've had more elected officials than we've had in previous years. We have more registered libertarians. We're having more money in the bank. Uh, it's it's honestly uh, just childish nonsense, in my opinion. I don't. I don't know. I got to push back on that, and o only because I and I recognize that it, it's possibly uh, just having a microscope view on just one micro on, on just a microcosm. I, I I can understand that, but you've got individuals who are publicly saying that they're leaving the Libertarian Party of Florida mm -hmm. for this specific reason. I've had people leave the Libertarian Party because of me. Sure. You know Absol what can I do about that? What? Uh, People will leave for different reasons. Um, ultimately, I'll, I'll tell you something. Um, my significant other is somebody who I disagreed with in the presidential election. My parents, on the other hand, are somebody who I disagreed with on a completely different scale. Um, so if you, if you put it that way, it's a little difficult to make everybody happy. Okay, You're, it's, it's impossible for you to please every single person with your actions, with your words, with with anything. So there, there, there's not much in that sense. People will leave for whatever reason. Kind of shift gears here. Still going to talk a little bit about nationalism, but not, but not of the white variety. Sure. Um, and I, I'm just curious, there are, a, a, what seem to be a significant amount, maybe significant is not the right word, but at least a vocal minority um, in the Libertarian Party of Florida, which subscribes to uh, sort of a constitutional nationalism, um, and I'm wondering, do you subscribe to that same sort of philosophy? 
I don't think I've liked any of those Facebook pages or, or any of that sort of stuff. I mean, if you're asking me what my libertarian philosophy is, um, I think we should all have the same opportunity. I think that um, everyone should be free to do as they please with their body, with their mind, as they want to, as long as they don't hurt anybody, with their business, with their property, with their home, with whatever it is they want to do. Um, I don't think that we should be picking sure. and choosing who wins and who loses. My opinion. Sure, uh, and this isn't this isn't a gotcha question or, or, or anything like. None of this is is meant to trap you in any way. Um, I asked because I, I think that there are there are attendant policy positions that come along with nationalism. Again, not talking about white nationalism, but oh, just the, can you can you just so that those who are watching can you elaborate a little more on on. Sure. Sir, so nationalism, it subscribes to the opinion that uh, a nation itself needs to protect its heritage, its culture, its language, um, and it, in my opinion, it rests on a collectivization, right? It's not an individualist philosophy. It's a collective philosophy. The, the reason that the military exists is to protect the nation. The reason that uh, we have border patrol and immigration standards is to protect our national interests rather than to protect the individual property rights, individual rights of, of, of any single person. Mm -hmm. um, the, and the reason I ask that is because there seems to be, a, that is a, at least a vocal minority in the Libertarian Party of Florida. And I'm just curious if you, if you subscribe to, to nationalism or if you uh, prefer more of a, a, a globalist sort of uh, outlook on it where there's more open borders and more freedom of movement. I definitely agree a lot more with um, the freedom to travel, open borders. I am a product of Cuban uh, parents. Uh, they fled tyranny from in Cuba, um, an oppressive government, a government that would murder people for having mm -hmm. different beliefs than them. Um, I'm all for helping others in, in the sense of giving them an opportunity to make something from themselves. Um, in regards to everything else within the country, within anything, I don't necessarily like to put labels on myself. Um, I think that we as humans are so much more than just a label. Um, I think that a label will categorize us into something sometimes that we might not be. Um, I could say right now I'm a libertarian and somebody who probably that hasn't watched this show right now might think, oh, he's a white supremacist. Um, I think that labels are all subject to interpretation. Uh, what I will say um, is that everything that I have done in regards to the work in Miami-Dade and throughout the state of Florida has been to increase opportunity, has been to increase uh, both personal and uh, professional growth uh, within, you know, our everyday life. Uh, so that's that's really what we're working on. Human flourishment is is what we're pushing for in the Libertarian Party here in Florida. Okay. And you, you had talked about, you said that there were a few other positive things that you wanted to talk about. Uh, talk a little bit about those. You, uh, What was the, I think it was called the First Step Initiative is what yeah, you're looking at? absolutely. First Step uh, was an operation where we spoke to our affiliates throughout the state, different county affiliates, and we gave them uh, the opportunity uh, to work together in regards to finding candidates. In the past two months, uh, we've had 27 candidates. Uh, a lot of them are unopposed at the moment. This is going to be for the 2017 election. Our goal is to have 100 elected libertarians by 2021. I have a feeling we're going to blow that number out of the water. 
Uh, we have many people throughout the states that are ready to start working on these things. Uh, a few other things that we're going to be working on as well is going to be community involvement. You know, we want to grow the Libertarian Party, but we need to show that we are different than than the other parties. Where if we are talking about limited government and we actually do it, you know, who's going to be there to help others? And and that's where we're working with different organizations uh, to discuss homelessness, to discuss different kinds of policies that would be able to benefit homeless uh, homelessness as well in different cities. Um, so that that's pretty much what we're focusing on: limiting government and involving ourselves in our community, and you know, knowing knowing each other better. So, um, like, as a as a as a state chair, um, you've got a lot of you've got a lot of county folks under you, uh, but a lot of people typically in the, in the Libertarian Party, at least here in Tennessee, a lot of folks are new, uh, and they're they're in leadership positions. They're super great, but also it's their first time taking it taking a role like this. Like, what what are your strategies to help them uh, succeed at a county level? I think education is a really important thing and knowing uh, the different resources that you have. What's going to work in Miami is not going to work in the Panhandle. And what's going to work in Orange County is not going to work in Pinellas. Um, or again, there's different things. You know, it's a bunch of small science labs uh, that you could find things, you know, things that work and things that don't. Ultimately, what you do need to have is clear communication. I think that education and communication are, are the two priorities in being able to share the abundance of knowledge throughout the counties. Um, and it comes with putting people in place to be able to um, facilitate those things. People such as our directors at large, which are doing a really good job in, in the state of Florida. There's three of them at the moment. And uh, one in specific, Greg Peel, has been a superstar in that sense. Allison Fox out as well. Uh, Russ Wood has, has been focusing on, on great things as well. Uh, and, and that's ultimately where it's at throughout our communications, throughout our executive committee, our uh, regional representatives, sharing knowledge with each other, um, making information more accessible, and, and really um, hearing each other out. If you sit down with people uh, and you actually give them the time of day, you'll realize that you have more in common with them than you think. And I think that's something that, that we need to put. We need, you know, libertarian, the Libertarian Party of Florida doesn't have a white nationalist problem. What it has is an ego problem where people are letting their egos get in the way of, of personal growth and, and the ability of moving things forward. So that's what we're working on now. Whose ego is it? Ah, you decide that. No, 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 no. I'm not there. I'm not. I'm not the one in. I'm, I'm not. I'm not the one actually in in the in the trenches, right? So uh, I I won't I won't discuss any any names. Um, that's fair. I think that I think that a lot of the leadership within the Libertarian Party knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, right now, you guys are kind of scratching the surface and a little bit of of, of what's going on. Uh, give it another year, year and a half, and and all of this won't matter anymore. You'll see the positive results for sure. That's fair. I and I, I like I said, I don't want to belabor the point, but but just since since you brought it back, that it's not a problem. Um, when when you when you say it that way, I I have to ask: Is it there at all? I I mean, if you that, that's that seems to be a sort of an idea an ideology that if it's seen, you should nip it in the bud immediately. That's not a that's not a libertarian ideal in any way, right? Um, now one can say it's not a problem in the Libertarian Party or it's not a problem in the Libertarian Party of Florida, but if perception is reality. 
it most certainly is. Right? Uh, now, now, maybe perception is not reality. Maybe, maybe it's the case Everything that... perception, for sure. Uh, which is why I go back to the work. You know, back to the results, back to the sure. numbers. What do the results say? Have you seen anything with that has come out of the Libertarian Party of Florida in regards to policy work that we're working on or people that we're trying to get elected uh, that have done something like that, that our policies are fighting for white nationalism? No, you're not going to find it either. Uh, what you are going to find is we're working with uh, State uh, Representative Jose Javier Rodriguez, a Democrat, you know, to fight CDDs, to stop community development districts, to stop bureaucracy. You're going to see so many things along those lines. Um, I, I just, I, I have not encountered the, the, the white supremacy stuff that you're talking about. I, mm -hmm. I like that me, I can't, I can't say that. I can't say that. You know, the same I mean, person you guys are talking about as a white supremacist claims by other people is somebody who endorsed me over so many other people in the race. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, the interesting thing, though, I mean, is that, again, who has gotten the Libertarian Party of Florida uh, more visibility nationally? And is that good visibility, you know, being <laughs> Augustus Invictus with Vice and all the coverage that he's got with all these different national media outlets? No one crazy else has done me. that. Crazy to me. Crazy to me. Okay, that's crazy to me, by the way. The attention that it gets. Now, what does the attention stem from? How I've been successful within the media. Speaking to Pete tomorrow, I've got an, uh, an interview on television. You guys are welcome to join America TV. It's going to be on at 6.30. It's going to be in Spanish. Um, what I see from news stations, what I see from podcasts, is that they need to find what is relevant, what is new, what is trendy, what is something that I could catch your attention with. And what's more attention-grabbing than a blood-drinking, goat-sucking, whatever it is, Augustus Invictus? Sure. You know? And what's going to be more enticing than that is going to be the savior that comes to go against them, right? That comes to save the day. Uh, it's it's uh, it's just news, man. It's ratings. It's it's something that you guys, I'm 100% sure, know a lot about. Um, so, and, are, and, so uh, quick question. Uh, <laughs> so are you happy that it's over with with him? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I can't wait for it to be over with Paul, too. Okay, so, and that, and that's the, that's the only reason I bring it back is you keep coming back, and it seems to me that there's blame being placed on Paul, which after a, just an objective accounting of the evidence, I'm just I've I've read a lot over this last weekend and these last I've few bet. days. Yeah, <laughs> I've been I've been doing a lot of keyboard warriors. Yeah, dude. Well, and that and that's the other thing. I mean, it's not just keyboard keyboard warriors. The a lot of the people that are involved in this situation are prolific writers. And they, they come out with a lot of content that has a lot of information to dig through. Um, and per particularly Ramsey, he's a prolific writer. He a lot, for sure. Yeah, so, and I've read a lot of his stuff. I have, <laughs> so, I cannot read as much as he writes. He, he, he writes a lot. I mean, he, he must churn it out every night. So I've read a lot of his stuff, and from what I'm seeing, there is a lot of blame placed on Paul Stanton that shouldn't be there and there's see because it when it, it it doesn't seem as though he's doing anything other than being something like a whistleblower now i use that term i don't i don't mean to suggest that i either agree or disagree with him but that's the position that he's taking right 
And that's the position that a lot of his supporters see him as. And it's not as though his supporters are, are incredibly small in number. He has a, a decent-sized support within the Libertarian Party of Florida who are seeing the same things that he is, who are who are not saying the same things he is because they, and well, this is from their own. Thing about perception, that's our perception right now. Uh, your perception mm -hmm. is your reality. Uh, the reality is that that's non-existent. You'll have a few people comment. You'll have a few people say things here and there. Everybody wants to give their input. Everybody wants to feel valuable. Uh, sure. and, and that's ultimately where it is. He's, he's preaching to the choir, a, a base that he's created, not for being Paul Stanton, but for not, for not being Augustus Invictus. So he's created that base. He continues to try and remain relevant by speaking of the same things that don't exist anymore. The election ended last year. He won by 76%. Get over it already. It's it's not there anymore. It's, it doesn't exist, man. And so do you think, what is the role of the state party in dealing with somebody like Augustus Invictus? Is it, I mean, because, and you can enlighten me on kind of how, how that happened? Was it just Augustus felt unwelcome? I'm, I, I've read a little bit, but I'd like to hear your perception on that. And, you know, how does that work with other folks that you think are causing friction and some other, you know, other issues like kind of what we're talking about right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, down in Miami, what we did uh, to not have any sort of um, alienation from candidates or getting close to any candidates is that we decided in Miami that we weren't going to support any candidates until after the primary. So what does that mean? That means Miami-Dade would have never endorsed Paul or Augustus Invictus. They would have waited for it to play out and ultimately support the nominee the same <laughs> way that they did for Gary Johnson, the same way that they did for Gary Johnson in 2012, things like that and so on. If they would have played it out that way, um, we still wouldn't have had the Augustus problem. Um, I feel like so many people tried to take a position when no position was needed to be taken. All they needed to do was leave it to the will of the voters. And if you agree with the will of the voters and continue to do the work that you, uh, that you think this political party represents. But if the voters go against what you believe in, uh, and that same freedom that you had to come into the party, you've got the same freedom to leave. And I urge everyone that if they feel that somebody was elected that they do not represent or does not represent them, they have every right to leave the party, and, and I think we'd be in better shape. I'm not saying uh, for people leaving, but in, in the process of, of choosing who represents the party and, and what news and things come out of it. So uh, essentially you're just saying, like, uh, at least for the Augustus situation, that he was just like, all right, I, I don't feel very supported, uh, or this is not my place right now, and I'm going to move to the Republican Party where I could better serve. Or was there actual pressure from leadership and conversations from that? Like, is it a was it a, a a personal thing for Augustus, or was he pressured into leaving? I won't I won't elaborate on my private conversations in that sense. Sure. Um, but what I will say is that before he was a Libertarian, he also was a Democrat, and he also was a Republican. Uh, and the way that I look at political parties, you know, I, I do align myself with the libertarian values. I do align myself with the with those beliefs, and, and I've proved it with my results. Uh, but political parties are tools, okay? Just like people are within politics, political parties are as well. Um, whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, a Libertarian, or whatever it is, if you know how to use the party, it could advance your personal agenda limitlessly. You could have a Republican disguised as a Democrat. You could have a independent, uh, you know, in, undercover as a Republican. 
it's a tool, really. Political parties are tools. It doesn't matter to me what political party Augustus is, because Augustus doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me what uh, political party Paul Stanton or anybody else is. Uh, ultimately, whoever is in my political party if, and I'm leading it, um, the work that I want to do will get done. And if it doesn't, then with the power of the chair, since I am leading the party, uh, then I'll make sure that those things um, do not become reality. If they don't align with libertarian values, then I will not let them see the day. What do you think about the sort of the Republican Liberty Caucus and individuals who say that the best way to, the best tool for advancing liberty is through the Republican Liberty Caucus? You know, why choose? Mm, sure. Back to your perception. Um, their lives have led them to believe that. I personally do think that the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are still the most powerful parties in the country. Uh, I do think that libertarians are on the rise. We are the third largest political party. We do have, in my opinion, the best intentions for our society at the moment. Um, but I, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm seeing the bigger picture. I'm not seeing the win now in the moment kind of thing. I've been offered multiple times to run as a Democrat, $150,000 to run as a state senator in an, in an easily winnable race, majority Democrat. Uh, and I've also been offered to run as a Republican. Um, but my work is a lot more important to me personally than it is professionally. And that's why I'm working on what I'm doing. I was elected as chairman at the age of 23. I'm 23 right now. I'm the youngest uh, person to do it. Um, and I feel that it's a good investment in my opinion to do it within the Libertarian Party and advance our morals instead of any personal agendas for sure. There's something interesting in the in the state of Florida that I don't see any in and maybe it is in other states, but I haven't seen it. And that's NPA. That's no particular affiliation. Is that right? No party affiliation. Right. No party. Excuse me. Yeah. No party affiliation. Does that uh, having that that extra little uh, little twist into the into the partisan politics make it any more difficult or easier for libertarians to to become elected or to make? Well, gains? you'll have you'll have the back to the libertarians debating libertarians. You know who's more libertarian? The one within the libertarian party or the one that no party judges them or no party? You know that that's the most libertarian. Of course, mm. um, it's a tool. Back to what I was saying, as it being a tool. Uh, but a lot of small races within the states are are. Uh, you know, no parties are involved. It's a nonpartisan races uh, where they can have the affiliate, the county affiliates or the state help them out. Uh, but a lot of those races are, are uh, not affiliated with any party. Cool. Gotcha. Um, how many candidates do you have? You, you said you recruited 27. Do you have any candidates running for national or state level office, governor office? Uh, for say, I know you have Randy Wiseman. We've got Randy, Randy Wiseman running for governor. Right, we have two other people that are interested in running in the governor's race as well. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about them until they say it themselves. And um, back to the primaries, this is something that I talked about even with Randy. I respect Randy tremendously. He lived in the city that I live in, Hialeah, um, and I, I get along with him well. Um, but the same principles, as much as I liked him, and as much as I disliked the senatorial candidates. You know, I'd like to let the process play out first, and, and there's still two more candidates um, that I'm actually looking forward to meeting. Uh, and like I said, if whether it's Randy, whether it's somebody else, you know, back when I ran for chair, if somebody who would have been better than me, somebody who could raise millions of dollars or somebody, could, I would have stepped out of the way um, and I would have let that play out 
Um, but if Randy's the guy, Randy's the guy. Whoever the person is is is, is going to get supported tremendously by by the LPF. But we got Randy for now. We've got uh, two other people that are potentially going to run for a governor of Florida. And at the moment, there's one senatorial candidate. Who's the senator candidate? Uh, Joe Went. Joe Went. Joe Went. That's right. Joe. Just what I thought he was running. I thought he was running for state senate. I apologize. I believe it's uh, Senate. Well, that's my fault. I didn't do good enough research. I thought it was. I thought he was running for state senate. So, so how was it? Uh, how was it to be a twenty-three-year-old and be uh, the youngest person essentially elected uh, as a state chair? And like, you do you think that that was a part of the reason that a fresh perspective uh, was something that was attractive to people? And and what what set you apart from other folks running? Or what? How, what yeah, elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, for me, it's it's uh, great. I think the the second youngest person to do it was Nick Sarwark. So we'll see where we go from there. Uh, as for why they elected me, um, for multiple reasons. I, you know, I reached out to you guys. I have no problem with you guys. Whatever claims anybody else is doing, I'm the kind of person where I shake everybody's hand. You know, just like I shook Augustus's hand, I shook Paul's hand, I'll shake Ryan's hand, I'll sh I'll shake anybody's hand. I respect you as a human being, regardless of, of what value you have to others or what value you have to anything, um, because that's the way that I was raised. You know, I was raised to not judge people. I was raised to accept those. Uh, but I was also raised to, you know, grab the bull by the horns. And I think that's something that people appreciated and why I was voted in. Um, so you're probably the, the unity. Unity was a big piece for you. Well, it's worked. Um, we, you know, some people, of course, are going to be upset by the election. You know, I get along well with the former chair and the person that ran against me. I, I get along well with with the EC members. Um, never will you find uh, someone who will say that I disrespected them in 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 any negative that I was cursing at them or anything like that. Uh, uh, that's not the way that I like to conduct business. That's not the way that I like to conduct myself. Of course, you'll have uh, a little fun here and there. I have some fun with Paul all the time uh, when, when he throws out these nonsense uh, claims online. Um, but as for everything else, you know, I, I keep it professional. This is a political party. This is, you know, if we want to be taken seriously, we have to take ourselves seriously. And I think that that's something that really resonated with, with, that, with the delegates and, and they elected me to represent them. I have positive relationships with the media, English and Spanish. I've raised thousands of dollars. I've gotten people elected, and they want that in the state of Florida for sure. Yeah, congrats, man. Thanks. Right on. Uh, I don't have anything. I don't have any other questions. Um, I think we we are going to end this on a on something of a disagreement. Uh, I I don't know that that what Paul is is kind of bringing attention to. I don't know that it's unserious, right? Um, and that's, I think that's the second, maybe the second time that you said that. And I think I, I, I disagree with you on that. There seems to be some seriousness to what Paul's saying. It doesn't seem to me, and I could be wrong, but it doesn't, he doesn't strike me as the type of dude that's doing this just for attention. Um, I look forward to talking with Ryan. Uh, he, he and I have had a good email exchange, and he's, he's committed to coming on. I look forward to that. I appreciate you coming on. Um, I, I hope there's no... I will say this about, about Ryan and Paul. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Ramsey went to uh, Paul's meeting, I believe it was, in Volusia, and he tried to bury the hatchet. He went up to Paul and he was like, hey, um, let's work things out. Let's let's work on things together and all this stuff. Paul refused to. 
Um, not that I think that it's a positive or a negative thing, uh, but somebody who's willing and open enough to come and speak to you and, and talk to you about about sure. your communication, I think is, is a positive thing. Um, as for Paul Stanton, I wish him the best in anything that he becomes a part of, but if it's true what he claims, and he's not playing savior, and he's not playing this for image, why would he want to be a part of an organization that he feels that way about? Because he believes in the Libertarian Party principles, and he wants the Libertarian Party to be as good as it can be, would sure. be my suggestion. Absolutely, absolutely. And I believe in the same things that you just described right now. Mm -hmm. But when those things stop, because they're not anymore what you believe them to be, then why do you continue uh, to be a part of that? We just talked about MPA, no party affiliation. Mm -hmm. That's more libertarian than the libertarian label itself. Uh, so I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's to a point where, um, like I said, it, it's just it's it's politics again. You know, it's yeah. it's, uh, it's the ego. It's it's the I can do this, so I'm gonna do it to attract as much attention as I can because I can, not because there's anything positive. There's nothing positive happening from his post. That same night that um, he was speaking about Ryan Ramsey and all of this stuff, we appointed Maria Alexandra Garcia, which is a woman chair that was elected as a libertarian in the city of the Raw as vice president of her community development district. Okay. Where was that news? Where was the news of other libertarians that would be appointed? On the contrary, it was just something negative. It wasn't something to benefit the party, those same principles and ideas that you say that he believes in. It was just a, it was just a, a throwing dirt on one specific person. And that specific person, the reason why it was having dirt thrown at them was because they associated themselves with uh, their former competition in the Senate race. So it's a personal thing. Uh, but then again, you've got him uh, working with Augustus' former campaign chair, so it doesn't. It, it's it's all uh, politics. Yeah, and that's that seems to suggest to me that that Paul is willing to bury the hatchet for with with certain individuals and for certain reasons. Um, I was unaware of the you know the the personal interaction that that Ramsey and Stanton had at at what at whatever meeting. My question would be why. Right? Why didn't you accept not to bury the hatchet? And uh, again, I didn't get to ask that question to Paul, uh, being as charitable as I possibly can. My assumption is because he wants to stand on principle and rejects that Ramsey's, you know, open hand is a is a genuine offer of bearing the hatchet. You know what I mean? That that would be my that'd be my most charitable assumption of the man. But again, I haven't got nice, I haven't gotten nice. to that's really nice of you. Sure, I, I didn't get to ask Paul that question. I'd like to. I, I'll probably text him. You know, I'll get him on Facebook or an email. And I do look forward to talking to Ryan Ramsey. I don't, I don't, I, I don't like this kind of new way that people communicate, where we'll get someone on a podcast and then they'll get to make these all these charges. I'm like, shit, yeah, I gotta call yeah, these. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck, I gotta call all these people. I gotta get them on. So, because I, I don't want, I, I don't want to just badmouth people without giving them a chance I to, agree. you know, no, I, some, I agree. some air time. Um, I, I was never reached out to uh, after Paul spoke. I reached out to you guys. Yeah, well, the day the day after Paul spoke, Ramsey reached out to us, Which and is as, and as soon great. as I got the email, I was like, "Hell yeah, man, let's get you on." Of course. And then and then I think I, I again I don't I don't know what went on behind the scenes, but I think that you and maybe you maybe you and Ryan had a conversation and, and asked to come on before. Well, I had I had uh, written to you guys first, and mm -hmm. I 
constantly get emails and, and messages and things that I cannot keep up with. But it just so happened that I was shopping for shoes and I get a message from Ryan on my Facebook and he's telling me all of these crazy posts about people and their personal lives that are being put out online uh, and addresses and things like that, a bunch of crazy nonsense. Um, and then I told them, oh, that's cool that you sent me that. I actually reached out to uh, the Dankatarians and mm -hmm. yeah. going to the show next Wednesday. He's like, oh, that's awesome. I reached out to them too. And I told them uh, that I would like to speak uh, as spokesperson yeah. first before he spoke and, and he completely understood and and he was cool with it. Yeah, and thanks so much for actually like taking the time to sit here with us. I know like uh, watching watching that other video, you uh, you know, there's probably some kind of perception on, on, on uh, how things would go, but uh, I appreciate it and uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, always open to talk, always open to meet new people, you know, no ego, just how can we help each other? How can we advance both of our, you know, the reasons why we're here, which is to limit government and maximize our liberties for sure. Indeed. So we'll end on, I'd like to end on a positive note. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing. I know you spoke a little about the, the something coming up in August where you're going to be helping with some volunteerism with the homeless population. What else is going on in the Libertarian Party of Florida? What are you, what, what, what you're plugging right now? Well, my, uh, my duty as chair is going to be first to go and investigate, uh, not investigate, but learn a little more about the systems that they use and how they go about uh, integrating these systems into the homeless communities. Um, the person I'm going to be working with is a former candidate for Senate. Um, he was somebody who I looked up to a lot when I ran for office. He was a libertarian at one point. Um, now he's running an organization, a catering business, where they feed 100 homeless, I mean, 100 uh, hot meals. I think it's every Sunday or every two Sundays or something like that. That's at a small scale. I want to see something at a bigger scale statewide. So what I want to see back to how we talked about uh, science labs I want to go learn their process and, and how they are successful in what they do and then implement that throughout the state as in you're not going to need state help, um, you know, to to uh, advance in our society. You're not going to need state help to have people care about you. You know, we care about you regardless of skin color, regardless of political affiliation or religion or anything. We're here for you. Yeah, man. Well, send us some, send us some, uh, some, some pictures and some stuff going on. We love to promote the things that's going on that that it's positive. Um, Absolutely. And we're trying to, like I said, I, I'm I'm super passionate about uh, you know being more active in communities and the Libertarian Party. Uh, at least you know in in some of the areas that I'm at, I know we get so wrapped up around ballot access and and all these other things that right. I think we miss out uh, sometimes on on what it really means and what that actually looks like and, and, and using Absolutely. that as an example. So we'd love to love to to be able to connect with that. Yeah, for sure. I'll keep you guys posted. I'm taking my camera, I'll record everything and let you guys know. Good. Sounds Thank great. Marcus Morales from the Libertarian Party of Florida, Chairman, thank you so much for joining us on thank the Dankertarians. All right, talk to you soon, sir. We'll see you. Cheers.